Welcome everyone to another episode of Superhost Unveiled. Today I have an extreme pleasure of talking to Stephanie Wildener, who is a local vacation rental uh, manager who does it all. She has her own cleaning company, her own vacation rental company, and her own real estate brokerage, but she started as a cleaner out of necessity after losing her husband. There are so many great nuggets in this episode. I'm excited for you all to listen. So listen up. Let's get right to it. Welcome to the Superhost Unveiled podcast, where a small family created a thriving vacation rental business in the heart of the White Mountains. Founded by husband and wife duo Peter and Julia Plord, with the help of their business-savvy daughter Hannah, Peter was able to leave his full-time job and move him and his wife to their dream location. Together, we'll discuss the secrets of building a successful vacation rental business and beyond. Pack your bags, let's check in for the journey of your life. Here are your super hosts, Hannah and Peter Plord. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Superhost Unveiled. And I have with me in, in uh, how would I say this? An instant friend. And uh, I'm really excited to have her on the, on the podcast today. Stephanie Wildener, how are you? How's your day going so far? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. I'm very happy to be here with you. This is something different um, for us because <clears throat> I'm actually interviewing what some people would call competition. Um, you're in our neck of the woods. You got here way before I did. And um, we met unexpectedly on a, I think a real estate phone call. And for some reason, I feel like we just kind of hit it off. Um, is that, is that right? Did that, is that how it went? We just talked on the phone, I think, right? We did. We just started chatting. And I think um, even though I guess you could say we're competition, it's so nice to have someone else that you can discuss this whole vacation rental industry with. And it can be lonely, a lonely market. So it's nice to have camaraderie with somebody else. And I, I think even though you're competition, you can, there's plenty of work in the valley for everyone. Yeah, I think, in a, you know what, that's such a <clears throat> really, this is not even how I thought this was going to start. So we're already on a tangent, but I think it's a really important one because I think if, if you come from a place of scarcity, then you're going to, you, you know, you're not going to achieve your greatest results. And I think what Steph just said, there is plenty to go around. And if you just do a good job, really competition is a good thing. It pushes you to be better. You know, in the back of your mind, like, oh boy, you know, Steph's going to deliver and I can't let my guard down. And I think that's really healthy. So why don't we start with telling our listeners like who you are, like if you could go back to the beginning, like how you even became what you are now, and then we'll get to, you know, the evolution of Stephanie, because it, it's a really interesting story. And I'm excited for the listeners to hear it. So how did you start? So I moved, I had vacationed up here uh, pretty much my whole life. I was a, a stay-at-home mom with three young children. So this was an affordable area for us to come with our family and enjoy. And we always wanted to live here. And uh, the thought was there's no industry that could sustain us to live here. Um, unfortunately, in 2010, my first husband was diagnosed with a terminal illness um, called Lou Gehrig's disease and was given just a few years to live. With that in mind, we decided to make our dream come true of living up in the White Mountains. 
So we moved here in 2010 and I had been homeschooling my children during that time. And we were, obviously our income had been greatly impacted. So I tried to find something I could kind of do on the side to um, help support our family and still be a 24 seven caregiver to my husband in homeschool. So I decided I was going to do some cleaning, which is what I had done on the side a little bit before. And uh, I couldn't find anybody that lived like lived here and wanted a cleaner. So I had a little community deli around, uh, down at the end of the road and I made up a sign and I stuck it on there and I received a few phone calls for vacation rental cleaning, which to that point, I had no idea what that meant. So I started doing a few vacation rental cleanings and that was kind of where it all began. It was just me and my daughters. We would go out on a Saturday and clean a whole bunch of homes and that would be the, the end of the week. Um, I lost my first husband in 2014 and was at a bit of a crossroads with what I was going to do. Was I going to stay up here, which I was removed from most of my family there about an hour away, or was I going to go back to school? And I was 38 years old at the time. So it was very scary to all of a sudden have this facing me that I have three children that I need to take care of on my own. <laughs> so I saw the market for the vacation rental cleaning and I decided that that was, I was going to build a cleaning company and it took off. I was doing very, very well. And during that time I met my now second husband and um, we started kind of throwing around ideas or I was throwing around ideas of how I was going to grow and, and make this work. And it's funny, I just wanted like 10 customers to kind of fill up the, you know, what I needed to make just to pay my bills. And we ended up landing a really large resort in Wolfboro. And that was kind of the catalyst for us to my work together. He left his job. We started just offering more and more services as our clients were asking for them. And uh, he really motivated me or inspired me, gave him the bravery, I guess I could say, to go further than I probably would have on my own. So we've been a great partnership together. Uh, I started having owners ask me if I would rent their property for them. And I, I was like, sure, let me see what I can do. And I found out that uh, in the state you needed to have your real estate license. And long story short, I went and got my real estate license so I could rent these homes for owners and this is kind of where we are now we have a uh, uh, brokerage i own my own brokerage red maple realty and we have red maple retreats which is our vacation rental portion and we still operate upcountry property services which was the original business holy cow that 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 that's amazing that's i know <laughs> um, uh so much <laughs> so much in there um one just unbelievable resiliency by you to be at that point a single mom and grieving and dealing with all that stuff and um and then having the the courage to to go for it you know that's amazing to me and so in 2010 i, <clears throat> I honestly don't know when airbnb started <laughs> uh, but that was pre like you know I, i'm guessing there was online you know the online 
travel agencies weren't what they are now. So right. um, how, how would you get bookings back then? Like what, what, um, well, let's start with this. Let's start with when you did had no idea how to clean a vacation rental, right? Because you were cleaning like a normal house and all right. of a sudden you had to like, I don't know if you make beds in a normal house, do you? Uh, with, it depends on the home, but no, it's, it's a usually. completely different thing. So how did you, like that first time, like, how'd you know what to do? Just, um, I probably didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I just hopped in and, and did what my owners told me to do and, you know, made some mistakes along the way. And as they would tell me what, you know, we had done wrong or missed, it was a learning process to figure out, you know, what guests were expecting. I will say then guest expectations were a lot lower than they are now. So guests weren't expecting this immaculate home. They, they were kind of self-sufficient and actually usually clean the house pretty much themselves before they left. And we would just go in and, and tidy it up and make the beds and do the laundry. Hey, sign me up for that. Can we go back to yeah. that? Because that would be, that would be <laughs> awesome. If, I, if, uh, <laughs> if all we had to do was tidy up and the guests would clean after themselves. Um, hey, you know what? For the, you know, a lot of guests actually do do a great job. Yeah. Um, so, so what were the book, like, what were bookings like? Were they seven days? At, oh, they, I'm guessing they weren't like they are now either, right? They're probably week-long bookings and... Yeah, when I first came came on the vacation rental scene, uh, to my knowledge, there was really only one property manager up there like doing what we do now. There may have been more, but this was he was the biggest one up here. And um, I hunted him down to let me clean his properties <laughs> for him um, because I knew he had a lot and I wanted to grow. So then we were just, um, his bookings were just direct bookings online. I think the portals had just kind of begun, but nobody really trusted them yet. They weren't a big thing like Airbnb. Mm -hmm. I think I want to say home away was uh, there before Airbnb, but yeah. most people would Google or, or search online um, or go through a realtor to find these rentals. I wasn't renting at the time, so I'm not hundred percent sure how they did it. Um, but they were here for six nights or seven days. So most of the turnovers would happen on a Saturday. Um, the linen, we did, actually didn't do linen back then. Guests would bring their own linens. So there oh, wasn't wow. that facet of it. And most of the time, you know, it was just folding the comforters over on the beds. Gotcha. It was a lot so, simpler back then. Yeah. Well, again, you know, and you probably just take this for granted, you know, about yourself, but like what um, insight to say, okay, I want to grow. I want to grow my cleaning business. I'm going to reach out to this big guy, you know, in your mind, he's a big guy, right? So, you know, again, you show incredible courage. I don't know if it's your, <clears throat> you know, your husband or um, pushing you towards that, but that, that was an incredible thing you did. And I don't think a lot of people would think that way. So, I mean, you probably just was like, whatever, it's what I did. But, you know, hearing it as an outsider for the first time, knowing that's what you did, it's like, wow, I, I don't know if I would have done that, <laughs> you know? So uh, incredible, incredible that you did it. So take us through that call. Um, did he, 
I mean, I know what it's like now, you know, everyone needs a good cleaner. So was he like open arms or was he like, you know, let me see your references. Uh, it's a funny story because I, I lived in uh, Idlewise Village, which is a very popular vacation rental area. And I would see this car coming in and out of a house next door. And I just walked over and I said, um, hey, I want to clean for you. And he's, you know, he's like, I have somebody. <laughs> and then I found out that his father-in-law did a lot of the services there. And I made up these flyers and I put them in all the doors, not realizing that these owners are not usually at these houses, but I was, I wouldn't say I was courageous. Honestly, I was living in fear of what am I, what am I going to do? Um, I hadn't thought beyond my husband's illness, honestly. So, uh, he called me this, this fella and he said, what are you doing putting these flyers on these doors? And I said, well, I'm trying to clean for this guy and he won't call me back. And he's like, well, that's my son-in-law is when I realized we're in a very small town. So, um, <laughs> I, I called him a couple times. He didn't call me back. And then one day he called and he said, my cleaner just quit and our season starts this weekend. Can you help me? And I said, yes. I had no idea how I was going to clean 26 properties. I, I didn't know what I was getting into, but I was so excited to finally have the partnership. <laughs> and now we're really good friends and we laugh about that to this day. That's awesome. So he must've had more than one cleaner there, right? Or no, like 26 properties you can't turn them all on saturday by with one person or could you i'm not sure what his system was up until uh we came on board but uh he you know i kind of like threw out a few facebook messages and ha i met some um, people to this day that i'm still great friends with that came on board that summer and i had a storage shed that i had rented to keep all of our supplies and we would meet at the storage shed in the morning and just part ways. And they'd kind of let me know when they were done, which is crazy now. Cause I would never be that removed from a cleaning, <laughs> but yeah. it, it, we got through that summer and we had a lot of fun and we had this resort also in Wolfboro, which we learned quite a bit as far as uh, that type of cleaning too. So that first summer was a big summer for us. We, we, my, you know, my, boyfriend at the time he's now my husband but he was you know he left his job to kind of start up the property management side of things and we took off really quickly so explain the wolfboro uh, place a little bit i'm trying i'm just so we can visualize it is it like um you know one of those like was, door, like door next to door next to door or is it like little it was, houses or it's cabins on the on the water Oh, wow. How many cabins? Jeez, you know, I don't remember now. I want to say there was probably like 10 of them. Gotcha. And we would turn them over um, on the weekends as well. So, yeah, between those two accounts, we had we had quite a bit going. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and worked very, very long hours. So this is around 2015 or so? It's 2014. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and at this point, you don't have your real estate license yet, or you do? No, I don't have it at this point. Okay. And, and um, so tell, tell us maybe just a little bit about um, how different, I mean, you did speak to this, but how different it is now compared to then. And you talked about expectations from our guests. Can you just, can you kind of, I don't think a lot of listeners probably are going to 
get it, I think, because like I, I had talked to um, another owner that actually ended up selling her business. And she's like, you know, back in the day, if, you know, you couldn't figure out the TV, then you're, you're a SOL, you know, you just guests didn't call you for that stuff or message right. you, you know, so um, now they message you, sheesh, for, you know, you didn't give them three rolls of toilet paper and you only gave them <laughs> one. And it's like, you know, they don't think like, oh, I can go to Walmart and maybe buy some toilet paper, you know? Right. So well, I, I think um, back, you know, back in the day, which really wasn't all that long ago, when you rented an Airbnb style property, the idea behind it was you were fairly self-sufficient, almost as if you were going camping. Mm -hmm. uh, th that is, I don't even know when the evolution happened where it's more of a hotel style stay now. It's been a slow progression over the past few years. And I, I feel like it started with other hosts coming on board and trying to be like the best host. And now we've almost created, I, I wouldn't say a monster, but we've created an industry that is the expectation of delivering the same or better service than a hotel is is there for guests you know it's interesting that I, as you were talking i was thinking about this what's interesting to me and you know we'll use airbnb just because they are i guess the biggest machine of, of our business um even though like you said HomeAway was first um what's interesting to me is that they started just you know, it was basically like sleeping on someone's couch when they started, you know, that's, right. that was the thing. It was like San Francisco and there was this big um, event that was happening and no, all the rooms were sold out. And Brian Chesky was like, well, someone could sleep on my couch for whatever. I don't know how much he charged them. I'm sure that that experience um, was as close to camping as, <laughs> as it could be, you know, right, where, right. you know, they weren't saying, well, Brian, you know, where's my shampoo and where's my towel and all that stuff. So it's amazing to me how it's happened. And, and I think, and I wonder, and maybe you could talk about this a little bit is I feel like it's, it's, it's somehow, I think what you said is true. Like hosts just tried to up the game, up the game to be the best they could be, which is probably a good thing in a way. And, but, I, but I also think it might be tied to reviews, you know, because I think, we all kind of are on, I mean, especially at the beginning, when you start this business, you're on pins and needles. You know, I remember my first guest and my first review and I was so scared um, and, and, and fearful that I wasn't going to deliver a five-star review because I knew how important it was to build your business on five-star reviews. So I, you think it's related to that? It definitely plays a role in that. Uh, I think our traveler, profile is a lot different as well than it was a few years ago. Um, like I said, I can't really pinpoint when it all changed, but I would definitely say the review. And I do think a lot of these vacation rentals are managed by owners themselves. Uh, they, they do go the route of having a manager like we do, but they own the home themselves. It's their personal home and they take a lot of pride in that and do, you know, do a good job wanting their guests to feel, you know, that they have picked the best place to stay. Yeah. And like, I think that's one of the, like the bigger differences. Um, and I think this is a good thing between the two of us is that, you know, we owned our own 
we owned a property up here, actually two, um, that we personally managed ourselves to kind of understand it, not even knowing like we were going to go into this business fully like we did. Uh, but we had the same dream you did. We wanted to live in the White Mountains. We, we think it's, we've been coming up here. Gosh, I came up here. I probably went to Storyland with my mom and dad. Like, I can't say what year that was, because then you'll ask if it was like, did you ride in a horse and buggy? Um, but then, you know, we brought our kids to Storyland and they, you know, and they're bringing, you know, they're going to bring their kids. So it's just like, this is a place, if you live in New England, that you come to, um, especially, I think, back then, like if you were slightly on a budget, you know, because you can drive, it's a drive to destination from almost, you know, New England, Rhode Island, you know, Massachusetts, obviously. Um, so you said something like uh, the profile of, of the guest has changed up here. Can you just talk what you mean by that? I think so for for us when we traveled up here we always rented a hotel I didn't even know something like an Airbnb existed so it would have been nice to know that when my children were smaller because we would come up in the thought of having to go out to eat for every meal when you're on a budget is um is difficult so you what you have this you know little hotel fridge where you're trying to pack your kids snacks so i think families now can travel here as a group um they can get together with other families they can make meals in their in their kitchen so i would say before you know before things got a little more evolved in this this industry people would expect just to go out to dinner but now they're expecting to have a fully stocked kitchen where they're making these meals with their family they're they're staying in these these homes they want the beds to be comfortable they want an experience that's better than their own home and i think maybe the younger the generations get the more they're expecting that uh I, I can't say I know why. I don't. I I really don't. Yeah, I I, I you know I completely agree. And I'm wondering, you know, is it like Instagram? You know, like people, you know, or fa even fa you know, fa all the social media. You know, like people are portraying their lives as exciting and fun, and you know, yeah. part of that is like taking a selfie in front of an. You know, I'm just thinking about on an A-frame that we manage. It's extremely popular. You know, and people you know, it's on the river. It's, it's, it's like, this is awesome. You know, like, look at me, I'm, I'm, I'm vacationing in the white mountains and, and, and it, and it portrays like this, 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 this thing that's bigger and better than, you know, my, whatever, my house in the suburbs, you know? So I think, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. You know, people do expect to have it might not be like a bigger house than theirs at home or a better, you know, necessarily better, but it's, it's a, it's a mountain feel, you know? And so, so starting as a cleaner and now evolving to what you do now, um, did you enjoy that? Like, did you, was your passion cleaning? I loved it. Uh, I, I still go out and clean to this day. Uh, I, became really driven to find systems. So when you start a residential cleaning company, you can find a thousand methods and systems and coaches that can help you along the way, but there's nothing for vacation rental cleaning. So, or I think there is, but I, 
it's a very small sector. So it was, it was a little bit untapped. So I was kind of on my own to figure this out. And I learned really quickly that the more efficiently we could get through a property, the more properties we could get through in a day and therefore the more money I would, I would be able to make. So I really loved the thought that we were going to a property and we're part of someone's lifetime memory. So that's how I would look at it when I went into a home. Um, it was exciting for me. I knew how um, important vacations were for us and how we saved all year for this vacation. So I would always go into the cleaning thinking of the people that were coming to stay and how important this clean house would be to them. And I found I loved chatting with the owners, the owners of the property. So at this time, I was not property managing. I was just cleaning. But the owners were a lot of really intelligent business people and they would get on the phone with me and they would, you know, kind of guide me and help me. A lot of them became my mentors along the way. Um, so that, that was fun. And then I began to hire people to help me because we couldn't do it alone. So finding a way to have the hiring process and systems that others could follow to make sure that they were able to get through the properties. That was really fun. I have a pretty specific system. Um, I should like make it a class someday because I think it's fabulous. <laughs> I kind of took the stuff I learned from the residential side and made it vacation rental style. And that's how I, I have a train, you know, how I train my staff to clean and it is very, like I said, very different than a residential home. So when someone comes in and says, I'm a great cleaner, if they've never cleaned in the mind, you know, with a guest in mind, it's very different. Even owners who want to self-clean, it's different. When a guest comes in, they're touching every surface. There's no cabinet closet location mm -hmm. in that house that they don't go through. So everything needs to be just right. I couldn't. I couldn't agree with you more. And um, I will sign up for your class. So as soon as that's created, uh, just send me an invite. I'll pay whatever it costs. Um, I just got the idea now. So it's a great idea. No, I'm, I don't know. I think it's a great idea, honestly. And you're so right. Like my wife's completely OCD, which I'm guessing you have to be to be a good cleaner and you know she'll always be like no one checks the cabinets no one checks the cabinets i don't understand you know like this shouldn't be like this and i'm like yeah okay so um you well, know i agree with her the, the cleaning starts at the front door the image of clean so the minute a guest walks into a house and there's you know the, even the the mat to the front door doesn't look good and then they walk in and the you know the pillows the presentation that's what we always teach our staff the presentation of the house that relays this house is clean and organized for me the cup you know you want to kind of make it look like they're the first guest that's ever been there so having it organized and everything in place helps them um, be able to feel like this was just just for them they can find everything that they need and I, I'm sure you agree. Once a guest finds one area that they're unhappy with, then they go looking for all the other areas that they're not unhappy, you know, that they're not happy with. And that results in an unhappy stay for them, possibly a bad review. I feel like the cleaning side of vacation rentals is the most important facet of the job. 
100% agree. And I was going to actually say that because it's, it's <laughs> the lifeblood of what we do. It's the core. It's everything. It's really everything. Well, right. yeah, it, you know, that, and I think right alongside it or just slightly below it is communication, you know, with, yes. with our guests. I think if you can get those two things right, as long as the house is in pretty good shape, you know, and I mean, updated, you know, like not right. 1970s shag carpet, you know, although that could be cool, I guess, if it was new, but, um, but yeah, if you get cleaning and communication, you're going to, you're going to kill it in this business. And I think that's probably one of the reasons um, why you're so successful at what you do is that your core, and you can just hear it, you know, coming out of you when you were talking about cleaning, you're so passionate about it. Uh, it's, 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 it's awesome actually. And it's contagious. And have I cleaned? Yes. Am I good at it? I'm better at it than I was, but <laughs> I think, I don't know why, but I think guys just struggle um, to be, to be good at it. I, I disagree. Know. My husband's a fabulous cleaner. All right. So maybe number one bathroom cleaner in the company <laughs> this, so maybe just this guy what's funny is like i like cleaning bathrooms i feel like my my approach to it uh, again that's evolved too um but i would say my passion is more about the guest experience and the communication side of it than than it is the cleaning side um but yeah uh so so i i have have this question to ask and i already kind of know the answer because I think we just said it but just in case something else comes out I'll ask it how do you ensure that you get great reviews um at your at your homes it's absolutely on the communication and communicating or having a line of communication with your guests during their stay so if something comes up that they bring up to you and sometimes we may get annoyed that it's minor but to them it's major um and addressing it, even if they don't want you out there, but just them having someone to bring the issue to whatever it may be and making sure that you take care of it if there's any issues. But also, um, you know, a lot of people come up here for the first time and having them know that they have someone that can tell them the great place to eat because we are both local. So, you know, we know these things. We know where you can go eat. We know where you can walk your dog. We know where you can go on easy hikes with your children and have them having that resource makes them their whole experience good. It's not just the stay from start to finish. It's how their week goes or three or four days go while they're here. So communicating with them, making sure they understand where you can park, uh, you know, where your passes are, if you need to go to the beach, what to do with your trash, you know, having a quality welcome book there so they know and can find the answers to the things that they have questions to. And I guess the whole thing would be eliminating their frustrations that can happen in, in a property. Oh, that's an awesome answer. I'm glad I asked that question. <laughs> uh, we and can go I, and off I, on a tangent on that. <laughs> no, I no, it was a perfect. Uh, it's a perfect answer, and it and it <clears throat> um, generated another question. So, so you obviously you're managing multiple properties, and is there any tool that you use to help with that? Like, how does a guest get to you? Um, is it only you that's doing this communicating, or do you have someone on your staff doing it? Like, how can you just take take us through that a little bit? 
Yeah, we have a text line. I find that a few years ago, people preferred email. Now they prefer to text you. So we have a, a Google Voice line that we give out to our guests the day of their arrival and let them know we have it posted at the house that if you need anything this is the number to reach us at my husband myself um, my daughter who's my virtual assistant and my operations manager manager are all on that line so at any given moment one of us sees the question and we can answer really quickly unless it's like midnight but even then sometimes we answer the question <laughs> so they that's our main form of communication while they're here. We do email a couple, uh, you know, one email out, just asking them if there's anything that they need, just in case they're an emailer. But most people um, prefer to text. Interesting, because that's you know it's different than what than what we do, and I think it's cool to hear different options um, and give that to our listeners. Uh, so, so when someone books, I'm going to guess that they they're getting correspondence like before they get here, right? Yes. So how do they do? How and we, we, we're actually re revamping our guest communications a little bit because um, people have given us feedback that it's too much communication, which is kind of funny, but they're getting a lot of communication from if they book on Airbnb emails from them. So they don't want to be bombarded with, you know, various emails to read and, you know, people read short. If you put too much, they're not going to read it. So it needs to be in short stint. So we're finding that texting information is uh, much better received than the email method. So we're trying to figure out this new way of communicating with guests that isn't overkill, but yet gives them the information that they need for their stay. Yeah, it's so true. You know, one thing I was going to say is that I think what, you always have to be learning, right? And improving. Yes. And it sounds like that's what you're doing. And I think that's fantastic. And, and I think that sometimes we, it's, it's, you know, one of the things I was thinking about when you were saying like being a local expert's important. And I think sometimes I honestly, even myself forget that. And I'm like, why can't they just Google that? You know, <laughs> like, why can't you just Google what, where, where the closest grocery store is, for example, you know? And right. uh, it's, it's because I think they, they don't want to meet us face to face. No. Um, that's definitely changed, but they want some intimacy with us. Uh, right. Maybe that's not the right word. I don't know, but um, they, they want a connection with, with the host. And the way they do that is by, you know, feeding off the ability for us to to give them local and a, a local experience that they're not going to get from Google. So I think that that was one thing I pulled out of, out of your, your, your response. Um, I was also going to say like, sometimes your messaging can be almost in the wrong order. Um, I, I have found, well, or, or even the words you're using in the messages can be not quite the right words. So being conscious of feedback, I think is really important in, in what we do as, as, as managers completely. Um, well, I think when you're communicating with a guest too, there's, you know, we're dealing with so many different personalities. Me, when I go on a trip, I want all my information as soon as I book, because I want to start going through it and planning and I don't like surprises. So I want to know what's, you know, what's going on. Some people the day of their stay, they decide to look at things or, exactly. um, 
So no, it depends so right. on the personality. And you can tell when you're talking with a guest what, you know, the, the more you do this, the more they need from you. And you know, this guest, you know, is, is having a lot of questions and they, you know, they're going to keep asking them. And it's hard not to maybe feel, I don't want to say irritated, but when you're in a really busy season, you have a lot coming at you, um, not to feel like, oh, just Google it. But if you look at it like they're building a trust, for, they trust you. Um, you're all they know up here at this point, normally, if it's, you know, one of their first visits. And that's a that's a valuable asset to have with a guest because they'll come back to you knowing that you've given them that great, you know, that great experience while you're here, you're there for them. And it's really beyond just the review. It's a it's great to be part of a generation of people that come stay at your property every year and they have memories for a lifetime because of that. And if you can give that to your guests, I think you've, you've, you've won. I a hundred percent agree. And it just happened to us. Actually, a guest was staying at, um, they're actually, I think building a house up here or moving up here and there's, they were staying at a property. I honestly don't know if it was ours or not, but they have stayed with us before. And she reached out to me and she said, Hey, I want to stay with, I get, I get to extend my stay like six more days or whatever, before we can move into our house. And, um, and I noticed that you have this new one on and is it, can we, can we get in there tomorrow? And I literally didn't even like, it was cleaned, but I, I barely walked through it and I didn't have keys made because the lock wasn't in place yet. And my locksmith can't get there for a couple more weeks. So I'm like running around yesterday, but to the power of what you just said, if you create a great guest experience and they come to know you, which they will as, as a host, they, they then, you know, they then know what you're all about and they, they want to, I've had many like lately people saying like, I love this property. I would love to try another one of yours, you know, so, so important. And then the other thing I was going to say back to communication is that we, we, we used to, we send out a digital guidebook and, People love it. You know, it has all the local recommendations. It has hikes, it has restaurants, it has check-in, check-out, all that good Wi-Fi. But they weren't looking at it until we made one change. And the one change was we added in the verbiage that here's where you're going to find your Wi-Fi info. And, then, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and local restaurants. I, I made that little subtle change because before that it was just like, here's your digital guidebook you know, yada, 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 but it wasn't specific. And when we said that one thing, now everyone opens it and they love it and they're experiencing it. And I'm not getting like, how do I get on your Wi-Fi? You know, so um, it's, it's very important to, it's all in the details, you know, so. It is. And I think in that, you know, just launching off of the Wi-Fi thing a little bit, our expectations for um in the cleaning world have in increased but they also have for what an owner is providing in their home so we've had this conversation with owners for a few times a few times this year uh air conditioning was a commodity um now it's i feel like it's an amenity that you can't not have um there are certain things like you can't not have wi-fi it just that's a basic thing that a guest is expecting whereas years ago off the grid might have been a little more acceptable people weren't on their wi-fi like they are now you didn't need to have a tv that could you know be your smart tv but now you really there's basic amenities that you need to have that were once considered maybe a luxury but now the owners have to provide oh, i so agree 
um, with everything you just said. And I cringe at the AC thing because I don't want to believe it. Um, <laughs> I really don't. Now, now, obviously, we have a, we have a property in North Carolina. Then AC definitely has to happen there. But I was like, oh, in the White Mountains, we can get away with it until as soon as it gets hot, it's like, yeah. oh, here we go. Here they come. Here comes yeah. the AC. I have guests asking about how do I turn the AC on in a property that doesn't have AC. <laughs> I've had that question too, but it says cool on the heat. Yeah, it's sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, so right now, do you do you list your properties everywhere? Are they are you on all the OTAs and? Um, so I am not. I'm on Airbnb and VRBO, and I have found I in direct bookings. I get enough bookings through that. Uh, initially I was everywhere. Uh, it's hard to manage all of the different booking portals, expectations, the way that everything runs on those. Uh, but not only that, I feel like my, my personal opinion is if you're on all of those and your calendar is not fully available for either one, you're, you're really not even showing up on these portals because you know, booking.com, Airbnb, VRBO, their best real estate is on the first page. They're going to show the houses that are available. So if you have a calendar that's being taken up 75% with Airbnb and 10% with VRBO, and you leave that, what am I at now? How much percent do I left? <laughs> the rest anyway, <laughs> on another site, I just feel like it's throwing crumbs and it's, it's not really effective. So I have found to keep my listing ranking high to stay on those two platforms works the best. It's increased my um, occupancy. It does well. We know the portals very, very well, so we can work through them and it's just an easier experience all the way around. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, extreme rental market right now i would say if things change in the future and that drops off because obviously the pandemic has made travel up here a lot busier than it's ever been and it's you know honestly fairly easy to get bookings right now uh if that were to change we'd probably you know adapt and maybe spread ourselves out a little more but i haven't felt the need to do so yeah no that's great um so when we first started, we took anyone on that breathed pretty much. Um, if they wanted us, to, I, I, you know, I remember at the beginning, like I had an owner call me and they needed a cleaning tomorrow and they weren't even my client. And I didn't know if they were going to be my client. And I would say yes, because I wanted yeah. clients. So was it similar for you? Like when you first started into, I guess, more of the property management side, were you were you like that or were you picky from the beginning? Yeah, it was very idealistic when we opened up our rental program that everyone was just going to love us and we were going to love them and this was going to be beautiful. And <laughs> I found out that that actually wasn't the reality, <laughs> that there are some owners and that fit, you know, fit better with us than they would with you and vice versa, which is great to have other managers up here because I can say to people, I don't think my program is right for you, but I think you do really well if you call Peter, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. So, you know, it's good to have that, but we did, we took on everybody. We grew really, really quickly. Um, and at the height of our growth, I felt personally that I, um, my best wasn't there anymore and I wasn't happy with with it there was a lot of commotion in the background and a lot of chaos and I, that's not 
what I wanted my business to look like. And it just so happened the pandemic kicked in at that time and it enabled us to size back down, um, get our foundation better. And we're still in the process of building that back up. But now, yeah, owners that come on, you know, there's a certain thing they want from us and a certain thing we want from them. And you have to have that conversation to find out if you're a good fit, because if you're not, it's just not worth it on either side to go through <laughs> the agony that you'll go through if you don't, you're not a good fit. Oh, I so agree. So, so what's the process like for that now for you? Like an owner reaches out to you and they want you to manage them. Like, to, is it let's set up a time when we can get together or and tour your property? Like how do, how do you take that? How do you take care of that? My husband does that initial phone call with them. And it's usually a pretty long conversation of just talking with them and getting to know them, asking them what their expectations are, finding out if they've done this before, if they're they're new to it, how often do they want to rent? Um, you know, if their expectations are are in line with what we can actually provide for them. And throughout that conversation, you can usually tell, I, I can't say we have a list or anything, but we can usually tell if we're not going to be a good, a good fit for someone. And then once we get through that part of it, we send them a, a presentation that we have created that goes in a little more detail and we send them our agreement um, and then usually follow up with a few more questions if they have any go visit the property um, see if it's you know something that will continue to work for us and by that point we've had a lot of conversations with the owners and it's it's either a go or a no but usually yeah, yeah usually we get through that in the first conversation my husband's really good at doing that um he was in sales for a very large dealership for many years he was a top salesman so he really knows how to talk to people and communicate with them far better than than i do so that's why he has that phone call then he hands that over to me and i take it from there that's awesome um i think that's that's very good um i i think yeah, I don't know, like if you can start out this business and be, you know, how you are now. I don't, it's hard to be like that at the beginning when you have no clients, you know. Where you learn, you learn as you, yeah. as you go along the way, what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Yeah, so true. I would go in through, um, I'm writing a blog post for this new blog that I have and and, it, and, it, and I'm talking about that very first client walkthrough with them. Um, I was honestly just, Julia and I both went, we're, we're like, I have no idea what we're doing and we're <laughs> scared, but you know, we're, we're a mixture of like scared and confident. And um, we left that, you know, that first meeting uh, with her and I was like, man, I wish we didn't say that. Oh, well, I don't know if she's going to sign up with us. And what's funny is she said she was going to sign up and then she never did. And um, I don't know if she ever rented, to be honest with you. She was having like lawyers talk her out of it. So it's like, oh, gee. But, but literally like right after that, like we exploded. So it's like, but um, yeah, we've come, we've come a long way. Um, uh, so you just said you scaled back. Uh, what is your, do you have some short-term 
long-term goals? Like, do you think in that way or you just kind of, you write them we do. down? Like, what do you do with that? We do. We, we have, um, I think probably everybody can agree that the pandemic changed everything um, and really made you sit back and reflect a little bit of, about where you were going. Uh, we, since then, like most businesses are um, struggling with quality, you know, having quality help. So that definitely affects where our goals will go. We would probably have very different goals if that wasn't such a key factor. Uh, we, it's funny when I was 20, I could make 10 year goals, but now that I'm at the age of them at 10 years, like I can't think that far ahead because <laughs> I don't know where I'll be, you know, in five years or will I be in an RV traveling? I'm not really sure. We do want to build our inventory back up. Um, I think with the short term rental climate that we're experiencing right now and a lot of the animosity, it's really important for us to be uh, good neighbors first and really make sure the properties we're taking on um, are not causing more of a disruption with that industry. So being being careful of where we're, where we're planting ourselves as far as that goes. Um, we definitely wanna grow more, but I think we're at the point where we're more going deeper than we are going wider, if that, yeah, makes, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I know me and you, you and I have talked, uh, you know, over coffee about like the end game. Um, is that, you know, pretty, I don't know if you want to talk about that or not. You don't have to, we can block, we can cut this out. But if you do, uh, is that like, this is the plan to get out of this or is, is it like, is, does that change sometimes day to day? Yeah, I think I think it changes all the time. Like one day you think I could never imagine not doing this. And then the other day you're thinking if I have to do this another day. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a, a taxing industry to be in. Um, it can it can make you feel great and then terrible, like within the same 10 minutes. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't know. We're we're regrouping from the whole pandemic. Um, it's been a little bit of a discouraging uh, year for us. So that's kind of we're kind of overcoming that right now. Getting you know back on our feet. We're trying to figure out where the best route is to go. Where, you know, we have parents that are uh, aging and are going to need us. So that's definitely a factor in how much we want to take on and want to make sure we're available for for that side of our lives as well we're empty nesters now so that's you know nice um we both just became empty nesters so it's a new territory for us uh i would i'd love to stay in this forever honestly and make it just kind of a machine that that operates seamlessly uh who knows what five years will hold what 10 years will hold i you know we're we're on shaky ground right now uh with the whole short-term rental debate mm -hmm. uh so who knows what will happen what kind of laws and regulations will be coming down the pipeline for us so i think for me it's really hard to make a stable goal right now until we know where that all ends up yeah it's almost like you need okay here's one goal if it goes this way here's another yeah. goal if it goes that way 
and here's my oh shit goal you know right. <laughs> if, if everything hits the hits the fan um you know you brought up a lot of stuff with what you just said and and one of them um that you didn't say the word but i'll say it now is burnout you know and i had listened to podcasts you know i i, I absorb i i listen to a lot of pod even now i'm listening all i do is listen to podcasts not so much i don't listen as many vacation rental podcasts as i do like other stuff but at the time when we're getting going, I list, I just absorbed everything I could. And people talked about burnout and did episodes on them. And I'm like, burnout, how can you burn out? Like, I don't get it. But now, like you just said, 10 minutes ago, I could be on cloud nine thinking I'm the best thing since, you know, since sliced bread. And then 10 minutes later, a guest is upset with us. And I feel the burden of that, you know, and, right. and that's very real. And um, I do have someone that manages, um, most of our communications with our guests where I can actually shut my phone off at times. And that's been a huge help for me. Um, do you feel like you have thick skin when it comes to that kind of stuff? Or did you, you know, are you sensitive to it still? I'm a naturally a very sensitive person over the years. I've had to learn to toughen up a lot. Um, and it still bothers me greatly when things don't go perfectly or go as I would like them to. Now I can put it in context where, you know, this is just a difficult person um, and it doesn't bother me as much. Still, it still upsets me when things don't go right, but not to the extent that it did a few years ago where I would actually be in tears over it. So um, I lost my train of thought on where we we're going with that question. As no, I think, you, as, I think you honestly answered it perfectly. Okay. So, um, <laughs> So you let's talk about your current business without 100% details, but let me just, so I understand it. You, you have your own brokerage. You have your own property yes. management. You have your own vacation rental management company. And you have, do you yes. still have a cleaning business too? We do, yes. Just, we, so we that's- We do commercial. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, we do still have our our cleaning business. We um, we at one time had over a hundred clients that we were cleaning for. Since the pandemic, we've greatly sized down. We're focusing more on doing the vacation rentals and um, those being our clients at this time. And my husband oversees all of the handyman janitorial commercial side of the industry well he helps me with the rentals too uh and lawn care all of those facets of the industry so we're we have a lot of irons in the fire across all three businesses um as far as the burnout thing i think you know entrepreneur-minded people like you and I, we don't stop. Like when you have downtime, you're just thinking of the next 100 awesome ideas you're going to implement. So being able to shut off is really tough, but it's important. Very important to do that. I so, you know, I so agree. And, and what's interesting, I just read an article where this is happening for, you know, W2 employees that are now working from home. I read this article where people that are working from home are working longer than they ever have before mm. when they used to go into an office. Cause then now, now, now that, you know, the office is literally their laptop that's in the next room. So they can go one more email or one more thought or one more whatever, but you're right for us. 
And maybe it's us, our personalities types. Um, maybe it's not all entrepreneurs, although I think it's the majority is that it's very hard to shut, shut it down, you know? And um, I think it's really important that you do that. Otherwise, you, you, you know, you're going to, you're going to have regrets that, that you're even doing what you're doing, you know? So. Well, and we're in an, un, you know, a time that we've never seen before up here. I, I'm not sure how long you've been here, but normally we have very low seasons where it's very quiet and you can regroup and, um, you know, the town isn't so busy and you don't have to fight traffic. And so you get a break. We haven't had that. Uh, it's been continuous travel. So our whole valley is like the whole area is just feeling burnt out because it hasn't stopped. There hasn't been a shoulder season for us to regroup. So everybody that, that's in this industry, whether it's us or even our cleaners, they're all feeling a little tired and weary from it because it's relentless i think that's going to change um you know maybe in the next year as travel opens up in other places but yeah i think that and, and also being isolated so much from others where you can't get together and and talk and um i'm an introverted person and never really thought that that was important to me but now i'm realizing how i kind of get in my own head a lot if i don't have people to bounce ideas off and meet with and you know it's great to have someone else that you can just talk with about your ideas and business and you get inspired by other people and if you're just in your house all the time working from home you can really get in kind of a rut oh, i so agree well a we actually have been on the phone on this call for an hour on this podcast Not surprised. For an hour, which I feel like it went by in like three minutes and there's a lot that I wanted to ask you that I feel like we need to get to another time. Um, so do you have anything that, um, that we didn't talk about? And I don't care if we go along, honestly, but, um, the, you're holding me off from going in the rain cause it's pouring out, but is there anything that you would like our listeners to know that maybe we didn't talk about? Goodness, that's a loaded question. We talked about so many things and could just keep going. Um, hmm. Well, you don't have to say anything. You could say, I'm good, or we're good. Or, yeah, well, I'm trying to think of something really <laughs> smart to say at the moment. <laughs> well, you're never going to figure that out then. It has, it has to come naturally, I think. Um, yeah. Okay, I got another question then. You think about that while I ask this one. Um, sure. How can people who are listening, if they want to get in touch with you uh, or, or even learn more about you, uh, is there a way for them to get in contact with you? What's the best way? Yes, we have uh, redmapleretreats.com, which is our uh, vacation rental page. We have our office number that they could give us a call at, which is 603 Oh my goodness, what is our office number? 45064. I haven't called my office in so long. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if, if it's an owner that wants information, it's rentals at redmaplerealtynh.com. Awesome. Well, the other thing I want to ask before I let you go is we had had coffee together, uh, you, myself, and Julia, and we kind of talked about maybe you co-hosting the podcast maybe to try it out and see how it see how see how it felt uh, um i'm gonna put you on the spot and say is is that possibly something you'd entertain 
think that'd be so cool, honestly. That would awesome. be, be fun. Awesome. Because like getting, sometimes getting my family to sit down is, is, is become a chore. So they'll, they definitely <laughs> will probably partake, but I would love for you to do some episodes with us. So listeners, um, especially if you love this episode, great news, Stephanie on the air, just agreed to come back on and we'll talk about, <laughs> we'll talk about, you know, anything vacation rental related, who knows what else we might talk about. I do have um, some other questions for you. So maybe we'll start the next one off with those. But Steph, it's been a blast. And I hope you have an awesome Friday and a great weekend. Um, Thanks for coming on. And I'll talk to you soon. My bulldog in the background just let out a little bulldog. Oh, I heard it. I just heard it. (laughs) That was not me. That's my dog. (laughs) uh, What's his name? His name's Scooter. We might have to throw Scooter's picture in this in the show notes, just so our, our listeners can uh, can see who Scooter is, because he is like, in my opinion, a rock star. He's so <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's snoring like a champ right now. <laughs> he's so cool. All right, Steph. All right, have thank a great you. Day. Thank you. You too. Bye bye. All right, bye.